welcome you to Doxodeo Hatfield, a multi-ethnic family on mission, passionate about Jesus, passionate about community, and passionate about serving the city of Chwaneka. beautiful people and many beautiful babies of God. Um, it's good to be with you this morning and to be able to share in the word a little bit. Um, I know we're all very close together, you know, just rub elbows with the person next to you as if to say, you know what, I love you and, uh, and it's good to be sitting next to you this morning. It's my extreme pleasure to be able to kick off our new series today, which is entitled Put Skin On. God's love through our gifts. God's love through our gifts. So we're going to be speaking a little bit about gifts and what makes you uniquely you and what God has deposited in you this morning. Um, but really, why are we even speaking about gifts? It's, it's, such a, it's such an interesting topic to go into. And, and really, I think the reason we have to speak about this is because for many people, especially those that don't have a relationship with God or who don't know Him, when we speak about God, and we speak about the God um, that made everything, when we speak about the God that desperately wants a relationship with us, for a lot of people, that's a bit of an abstract idea, isn't it? It's sort of like, it's, it's a bit fuzzy, I'm not too sure what you mean, and, and really what, what we've discovered is that when we use the gifts that God has deposited in His people, and we use our gifts to love people well, what it does is it takes something abstract and it makes it real. It takes something abstract and it makes it real. It, it, it almost, it's like taking a ghost and putting skin on it. So here's an example for us quickly this morning. Who here loves a donut? Okay, clearly I love a donut. Okay, but, but who here loves a donut? Many of you love a donut, but what if you've never had a donut before? You've never tasted one in your life, and if those of you, if there are some of you here that have never tasted a donut in your life, today's the day there might be an opportunity. Um, so we'll see who the liars are. But, um, but really, a donut, I went and searched online for the most scientific expression of a donut I could find. So I'm going to tell you what a donut is, and then you'll know. So a donut is a torus-shaped pastry that undergoes a series of complex chemical reactions during the frying process. And these reactions are driven by the interactions between the dough's constituent molecules, which include flour, sugar, yeast, eggs, and milk or water. And at a molecular level, the donut is a highly structured and dynamic system with the gluten proteins in the flour providing a scaffold for the dough's other components. And, and this structure is key to the donut's texture and chewiness, while the sugar and fat content contribute to its sweetness and richness. So you all know what a donut is now, hey? If you'd never tasted one, and I just read that to you, you'd know a donut, don't you? No? Some of you look unsure. Some of you are like, I'm not sure what you read to us. Thank you, ChatGPT, for <laughs> that incredible... <laughs> 
incredible scientific description of a donut. But, um, but no, you don't know what a donut is. You don't, because you only truly know what a donut is when you've tasted one, when you've chewed on it, when you've had one, and, and ah, what the heck. Uh, just give me a moment. I haven't really had time for breakfast today. Mana, uh, step back, step back. Um, Mana wants desperately to have one of these donuts and, you know, against my better judgment, I'm just going to, uh, just going to enjoy one. Hold, hold with me. Mm. You know what? This is so good. Um, it's, it's sort of, yeah, pillowy. It's soft, it's fresh. It's, it's the right amount of sweet. For those of you that want all the chocolate and the sprinkles and whatever, it's unnecessary. A glaze or a sugar donut is perfect. This is, this is just incredible. So, as we carry on, no, I'm kidding. Um, I, have, I have two more donuts here, and I know, Mana, you need to be the recipient of one of those donuts. And if somebody wants to put up their hand, if somebody wants to put up their hand, he will share the other one with you. Uh, preferably, someone, preferably someone who's never had a donut in their life. There you go. Enjoy. Great. That's what this is about. This is family. Well done. <clears throat> so now you know what a donut is because you've tasted it, you've, you've experienced it. And in the same way, we need to not just tell people about Jesus and, and give them all the scripture and give them all the facts because it's a, akin to me reading to you chat GPT's very scientific expression. What we need to do is we need to give them a taste of who Jesus is. So how do we show people who our God is? How do we do that? I mean, it's, it's difficult sometimes to figure that one out, but, but it's simply this, by being who he made you to be. When you live out who he made you to be, people see and experience Jesus and his love. So our first scripture that we're going to jump into this morning is Psalm 139. Uh, well, it's from Psalm 139, and it's verses 13 to 16. And it's a scripture I'm sure people have heard a lot, but, but bear with me. And, and really, it, it's incredible. It's 139, Psalm 139, 13 to 16, and it says the following. For it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I've been remarkably and wondrously made. Your works are wondrous and I know this very well. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret, when I was formed in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me when I was formless. All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. Now, you are not an accident. So I want to categorically state that today because what the scripture says is, uh, is that the Lord has fashioned you, has formed you, has made you, you, uniquely. Um, it's easy sometimes to look in a mirror and go, well, this hair, uh, this chin or lack thereof, uh, the way I think and reason, reason, it's all random. It's just, it doesn't make sense. It, it has no rhyme or reason. And in my darkest moments, I, I'll admit to you, I've cried out to God and I've, got, I've literally said to him, God, 
can I just not be quite so me? Um, can I just be a little bit more like someone else? But when I read this scripture, I read something about who God is and, and how he lovingly puts us together. And in my case, a little bit of sass, a sense of humor. I'm right-brained. I'm a creative. I'm a little too in touch with my emotions. Yes, I cry in movies a lot. Um, but God doesn't just give us our physical, emotional, and mental characteristics. When we become believers, the Spirit gives us specific gifts as well. So can we all turn again in Scripture to 1 Corinthians 12 this morning? 1 Corinthians 12. And you can keep your Bible open on that passage for a good long while. 1 Corinthians 12. So we're reading from verse 1 to verse 11 this morning. And it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you used to be enticed and led astray by mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is cursed, and no one says Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are different gifts but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God works all of them in each person. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit, to another a message of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the performing of miracles, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. One and the same Spirit is active in all of these. Distributing, and I want, to hear, I want you to hear this, Distributing to each person as he wills. Okay. When it comes to spiritual gifts, one of the things that I think the enemy wants us to believe most is that you have nothing to offer in the kingdom of God, that you have no gifts to speak of. And that's why Paul starts this passage by, by, by just saying, I don't want you to be unaware unaware of what God has planted in you because living unaware of your gifts is living an unempowered half-life. We serve a father who loves to give good gifts to his children. Who doesn't love to give good gifts to their kids? I, I love it. I, I, sometimes it's a hit and a miss. The other day I bought Ori this awesome, incredible dump truck thing. And um, all she wants to do is ride it. She never uses She's like, so, she's so unenamored by this thing. Um, and other times I'll give her a tea set. And I've had tea for days. I'm so over tea. Um, but, but the best gifts, the best gifts that we've ever received are the ones that are both intentional and have been given with the receiver in mind. That's what makes a great gift. And spiritual gifts find their origin in God. They're rooted in God and are powered by God. It's the Holy Spirit in us that's chosen the gifts we've been given. And, and when the Holy Spirit gives us those gifts, He keeps in mind how God has made us, how He's fashioned us, how He's put us together. But He also keeps in mind what our purpose is in the kingdom and what it is we've been asked to do. 
There are four passages which list spiritual gifts in Scripture, and I'm not going to go through them all. Um, I'm just going to name them, and you should have received that slide on the partners group, and you can go look through those for those of you that want to do a bit more research. But essentially, you'll find it in Romans 12, verse 6 to 8. You'll find it in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 to 11, and that's today's passage. You'll find it in Ephesians 4, verse 11 to 12, and you'll also find it in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28. But those are just some of the lists and gifts are mentioned elsewhere. And as early as Exodus in the scriptures, we see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on people, empowering them to do what they could not do before. So the gifts listed in these passages, and I'm going to go through them quickly uh, and not uh, expound on them, but it's things like prophecy and serving and teaching, encouraging, giving, leadership, mercy, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, faith healing, miraculous powers, discerning of spirits, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, administration, craftsmanship, creative communication, celibacy, I don't want that gift, Um, apostleship, hospitality, evangelism, voluntary poverty, also don't want that gift, Um, shepherding and helps, shepherding and helps, okay, so what then is the difference between a talent and a spiritual gift, because I know often people ask that question, like why, I, I have certain talents, before I knew Jesus, I was able to do certain things, now you're telling me there's this whole spiritual gift thing, what, what's the difference? Well, essentially what a talent is, is it's an affinity you have for something, and maybe some of you are naturally musical, um, and if that's you, Manalisi will see you after the service, um, but perhaps some of you find admin, Super easy, and more than that, you even enjoy it. Weird, I know, my wife is one of those people, um, you're all weirdos, um, but if not for you, the world would crash and burn. So, um, so it's great. Some of you have an affinity for art or numbers, and, and the reality is often what we do with these abilities or talents that we're born with is we leverage them, those, those talents and abilities, for our own benefit. We, we either use it in our careers or in our side hustles or our hobbies or even relationally, we make use of these abilities. And, and I'm, I'm here to tell you that a spiritual gift is so much more than just an inbuilt ability that you're born with. A spiritual gift, and this is now the, the definition, a spiritual gift is a divine endowment by or manifestation of the Holy Spirit given to us for the common good. And with that, with that definition, you can immediately see there's a stark contrast between what I'm speaking about. There's, there's something about the ability is what God has maybe built into you when he fashioned and formed you. But a spiritual gift is something that gets given to us when we become believers. And it takes what we are able to do to a whole different level because now we are empowered by God to do this thing. And the other difference, it's not for me. It's for the common good. It's for the common good. So when we exercise our spiritual gifts empowered by the Holy Spirit, we're able to love others with the love of Jesus in practical ways, in practical ways. But maybe you've always been a natural born leader and you're sitting here and you're going, okay, I'm a natural born leader and I've always used my gift of leadership and now you're telling me I was given this spiritual gift of leadership. So how does that work? Well, essentially... You may have some good leadership skills and if you've used it for your own benefit, 
But empowered by the Holy Spirit, it's no longer you functioning in your own ability. It's God working through you in the area of leadership. And what was good leadership for the benefit of self becomes great leadership for the benefit of the kingdom. That's the difference. So does that mean that I instantly become an uber preacher when I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit? No. (laughs) I often feel ill-equipped to be doing what I'm doing, but I take so much solace in the fact that when I step out in faith, God is right there in the middle of me stepping out, and I become a little bit better at it each time I do it, and I also take solace in a piece of scripture that's from 2 Corinthians 12, verse 10, and it says, when I am weak, he is strong. I remember doing orals in high school. Who of you missed that? Do you guys remember doing that whole thing? You prepare an oral and you have to go stand in front of the whole class and you need to know it off by heart. If you were in my school, yours might have allowed little cards or something. And I hated that more than anything in the world. Can I tell you what I used to do before each oral? Don't judge me. Is I would go to our school field's furthest point. So the furthest point from where the buildings were And I would scream at the top of my lungs just to release the anxiety I was feeling about having to go stand in front of people and speak to them in public. Because it used to scare me to death. So when my pastor at the time told me that he really felt God had placed the gifts of teaching and the gifts of creative communication in me, I politely asked him whether I could return said gifts for something else. Um, To which he said, no, unfortunately it doesn't work that way. But opportunity after opportunity came to speak. And each time was better than the last. And today, I love it. I love it. We've been placed in this time and in this place for a purpose. And more than that, we've been gifted so that we can change the face of our families and our workplaces and our our cities. So I want to imagine, just for a moment, I want you to imagine that God is speaking this over your life today. Just imagine, my child, I have a destiny for you, but I don't expect you to do it alone. I will give you the tools you need to be able to change lives in my name. I will empower you through my Holy Spirit to do things you would never be able to do in your own strength. Just open your hands and receive the gifts that I've chosen for you. Imagine God speaking that out over your life today. We can't separate the gifts we've been given from the giver of the gifts because then it becomes an ability. It's rooted in who God is. They're they're given by him and for his purposes and for the sake of the world. But where do you come in? And I know sometimes that's the question, isn't it? There's this destiny and we're changing cities and we're changing lives and we're changing our workplaces and, and gifts have been chosen for us and even the way we've been fashioned and formed was chosen for us by God. And, and, and it, it almost feels like you're going to get lost and swallowed up in some bigger plan sometimes, doesn't it? And, and moreover, does everyone with a gift of admin serve the same way? Does everyone with a gift of healing look exactly the same? And, and there's all these questions that run through my mind. Maybe it's just me. But I want to definitively say this morning, no. God would not take the time to fashion and form you uniquely, which the scripture says he does, if he didn't want you to form part of how we, for, we serve and how we love others. 
The unique you that God has made was made that way because he knew what he's depositing in you is going to change lives uniquely. There's some people that when they hear Joe preach, they're like, yes, I hear Jesus. And there's some people when they hear me preach, they're like, yes, I, I, I get that. And it's because we're each bringing uniquely what God has implanted into us to this space when we preach. So we are blessed with Joe and Bosov and myself, and we each bring our unique mix. But there's another guy that I really respect and, and that, uh, that I, I once heard his message on specifically this and, and looking at how you are formed and shaped to reach into people's lives, and that's Doug Fields. And Doug Fields is one of those rare people. He's been a youth pastor at Saddleback Church for 35 plus years. Now, it's something unique when you see someone say, I'm going to do youth right through my life and, and into uh, the rest of my career. And he, he does this. And, and one of the things he came up with to help the young people in his ministry to understand is he created a framework using the word shape, S-H-A-P-E. And what it stands for is spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experiences. And what he says, and we'll, we'll look at those quickly, but what he essentially says is he says those five things uniquely make up the way you minister, the people you reach out to, the gifts you've been given, and the abilities God has placed in you. And together they actually form and they help form where it is you minister well and, and where you can best reach lives for Jesus. So he creates this unique mix and he says, okay, well, S is for spiritual gifts. And, and our spiritual gifts are chosen by God. But I know some of you are sitting here and you're going, I have no idea what my spiritual gifts are. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know what God has implanted in me. Or, or maybe someone has already affirmed your gifts in you. Maybe somebody has just come up to you and they say, I really feel like I see this in you. You've, you've definitely got the gift of creative communication. Or, or you know what, when you touch admin, I just see God's hand on you. There's something that's just next level when you do it. And maybe someone has affirmed you, but there are also spiritual gifts tests that you can do online that can give you some answers. Now, you, you'll find one at spiritualgiftstest.com, quite intuitively. And, um, and you can take that one. But even these tests aren't foolproof. Uh, even those results need to be tested, both with God and in practice. In my ministry, I've tried a million different things in my life. I have taught grade one children's ministry and discovered that it is not for me. Um, and I, I, I've done just about anything you can think of. And there's some things where I've really felt, yeah, God, I can feel this. I can resonate with this. And some stuff where I'm like, I don't think I'm gifted for this specific space. And that's okay. But that's why I say it has to be tested with God and in practice and a bit of trial and error is needed. But in time, you'll come to find what God has deposited in you. And maybe you're sitting here and you're going, wow, miracles and healing, those are the gifts. Those are the ones. Those are the ones I want. Um, but who wants admin? I know I don't. Um, but somebody has to have it. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But you know who doesn't suck at admin? My wife doesn't suck at admin. And because she doesn't suck at admin, like me, um, and is uniquely gifted in it, uh, our budget sometimes balances, and, uh, and amazing things happen. And it's the same in the church. It's the same in all ministries. 
There's something about incredible administrators um, and people who can administer things well that bless a church and grant it favor because they're endowed by God to do so. So a little further in this 1 Corinthians 12 passage, you'll see it speaks about a body. And it says that each part of the body is connected to each other part of the body and, and that each part is necessary for the body to function properly. And it, it uses some absurd, uh, absurd pictures because it says, can you imagine what a body looks like when every part of the body is an eye or every part of the body is an ear? It wouldn't work. It wouldn't work properly. But for the body to function properly, each part is necessary. Without the gift of admin, we would get nothing done. If we only all had the gift of admin, we would get nothing done. And when all these gifts are working together, the body is strong and it's alive and it's functioning the way that the Lord intended. So that's our S. The rest are going to go quite quickly. Uh, H. Let's look at H. H is heart. What stirs your heart? What stirs your heart? Um, really, what are you passionate about? No two people have the same heartbeat. Did you know that? If you look at your thumbprint, uh, it's unique. But did you know that the way your heart beats is also unique to you and looks differently to the person next to you? The following three questions should point you in the right direction in terms of what moves your heart. And the first is, what do you really love doing? What do you really love doing? The second is, whom do you love serving? Who do you love serving? If you could serve anyone, who would it be? And the third is, what cause, what cause would you love to help conquer? What cause would you love to help conquer? This will help answer the where to serve question because some of you are really passionate about the elderly. Some want to see kids meet Jesus at the earliest possible age that they can. And some of you want to serve in the political or the business sphere. And some of you get up at the crack of dawn on a Sunday to come get coffee ready for the people in this space. Because these are the people you love to serve and we celebrate you. And some of you are passionate about those caught in addiction, those going through divorce, single parents, poverty. And, and those are the spaces you feel you want to make a difference. So that's the H. What is your heart telling you? The other thing is you've got abilities that aren't spiritual gifts. It's maybe abilities over and above what your spiritual giftings are. And, and what are the abilities you can bring to the table? What are your strengths? There's all kinds of tests out there like Strengths Finder and things like that that can tell you a little bit about yourself. But, but I've got a heart for people. I see the connectedness of all things. I'm great at helping people come up with solutions on the fly, and, and I'm great at coming up with new ideas. Those are some strengths that I have that I bring to, to my work, to my everyday, to my relationships, to my family, and to my friendships. So the question there with abilities is, what are the positive things about you that everyone always notices and everyone always mentions? Because maybe God has put that in you as part of the package that he just wants to bring and he wants to love people through. So that's the A, which brings us to the P. P for personality. Ah, you people are beautiful and you've each got a unique and beautiful personality. But to say that we are the same would be a lie. 
We've all got these incredible traits. And, and here, the questions have been WhatsApp through, so I'm going to go through them quite quickly. But I would ask questions like, how do you typically relate to other people? If you take my wife for a coffee, and it's a one-on-one, -on -one, she will open up, and she will be fine. Take my wife for a coffee. Oh, wait, I'm getting it back to front. Please don't invite her for coffee. Um, but, but if you take my wife for coffee and it's a group situation, she's fine because the attention is not on her. She's a bit introverted. If you take her for a one-on-one -on -one coffee, she will go and, and she will sit there and not be sure what to say. And that's because she's an introvert. I'm an extrovert. I can make conversation about just about anything. Um, so, so how do you typically relate to other people? How do you respond to opportunities? Are you a bit tentative? Do you jump at things when opportunities present themselves? Are you outgoing or are you reserved? Are you self-expressive or self-controlled? Are you cooperative or are you competitive? Uh, do you prefer to follow or to lead? Do you prefer people or tasks? Do you like routine or variety? Do you prefer working alone or working in a team? All of these questions are important when you're finding your space that the Lord has created for you to minister. And they reveal a lot about the kind of ministry space you would thrive in. Some of you love one-on-one -on -one ministry, and some of you want to minister in a group. And, and for some of you, you're loud and passionate and expressive, but for others, it's a nightmare to be so. And some of you prefer working on tasks alone and procedurally, and others, you want to work with people. You need to be in an office. And... And none of these options are better or worse. I think that's the important thing to say. But they will help you find your fit in ministry spaces. So that said, I want to put in a caveat at the end of personality. Sometimes God calls us out of our comfort zones to spaces that are a little uncomfortable in order to grow us and our gifting. Because sometimes it's too easy for us to go, you know what, the speaking thing, it scares me to death. I'm never going to do it. But I think sometimes God just wants to lovingly take our hand and say, I'm going to grow something in you over time. So, so I think that's the one thing I would say. Submit it to people around you that you trust. Submit it to God. And just make sure that you choose the best ministry space. And lastly, our experiences. Our experiences make up the E of shape. Helen Keller was once quoted as saying the following. She says, The marvelous richness of human experience would lose something of rewarding joy if there were no limitations to overcome. The hilltop hour would not be so wonderful if there were not dark valleys to traverse. We've all got experiences in our lives. And maybe some of our past experiences lead us to want to minister specifically to people that find themselves in spaces that we were in. And I know for me, I, my, my childhood was a bit messed up and I didn't understand who God was and, and I was so confused about the truth of who he is and what he wants to do in, in us and in relationship to us. And, and what that meant was that part of my ministry journey was for seven years I worked as a youth and student pastor to young people, wanting to take them on the same journey. Somebody reached out into that mess that I was in and they pulled me up and I wanted to do the same. For young people and, and maybe for some of you you've got a specific past experience where you're like I just want to make a difference in people's lives in this space what is that for you what's the experience so shape 
Spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, experiences. Those five things. What is your shape? And what is God calling you to do with what he's made you to be? I started this, this sermon by just saying that essentially, how do we reach people? How do we help them to see Jesus? How do we love them well? How do we put skin on a sometimes abstract idea? It's by being who God made you to be. Everything from the gifts to the abilities to taking the experiences that you've been through and taking them in your stride and your personality, whatever it is, it's great and God can use it. In fact, he can reach people other people cannot reach through you because of your uniqueness. And that's essentially what we're saying this morning. It's, it's if you don't find your spiritual gift. If you don't start to ask those questions, God, what is it you want me to do? And what have you implanted in me to do it with? You lose something. Other people lose something. So I just want to encourage you in that today. I'm going to call the worship team up. And, and really, uh, as we continue in this series, you guys will see that we are going to unpack more. And we are going to speak a little bit more about gifts and how to discover yours. But for today... The next step that I want us to take is simply this. It's simply this. Would you be brave enough today in worship to make a declaration and to say, God, all of me, all of me, my gifts, my heart, my abilities, my personality, my past experiences, I surrender all of these to you to use as you will. Would you be brave enough to take that step today? Maybe for some of you, you know what your spiritual gifts are and you've, you've sort of put them on the back burner because seasons change and things happen and maybe God's just calling you again and he's saying, you know what? I want you to step out and live in fullness today. So, so we're just going to say that today. God, all of me. Take all of me. So as the worship team leads us in this next song, would you be open to trusting God? to trusting his plan, to trusting that the God that lovingly put you together has the most incredible destiny for you. And if that's you and you want to declare that today, as you worship, what we're going to ask you to do is is when you feel ready, would you raise your hands? Or would you get down on your knees? Or whatever surrender looks like for you specifically. Maybe it's just simply opening your hands and saying, God, I take it. I'm just surrendering to whatever it is you want to do. And maybe for some of you, it's literally just that as you worship this morning, you're just going to take one step forward. Just as a sign that you're taking a step into deeper waters with God. You're letting Him do whatever it is He wants to do in you. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank You that You're good. And as we worship now, God, would you just come and do whatever it is you want to do in our hearts and in our minds. You have fashioned and formed us. Psalm 139 says so. And 1 Corinthians 12 says, your Holy Spirit has implanted gifts in us if we believe. Would you just come and speak to us this morning and just come and open up something. Maybe there's hard ground there, God. Just come and open that stuff up and and bring us to a place where we can just say, God, all of me is yours. All of me.
take it all.